Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. What is up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now Show. And as we do every week, I I say it every single week, I have a fantastic guest. We're going to share a lot in the PR world. And this particular guest has focused in her business in the podcast space, which makes me really happy because I'm a podcast guy. So we're going to talk podcasting, why that's important. We're going to talk about communication. We're going to talk about your voice, how to find it, how to monetize it. And we're also going to talk some business as well. We're going to talk about how to grow, how to scale. We're going to give you some tactics. So Angela, before we get into the good stuff, can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. Nice, nice. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you excited about these days? So I am from St. Louis, Missouri, and I grew up playing basketball. You can't tell because I'm sitting, but I'm six foot one and I've been this height since I was 12 years old. Sports really opened up the world to me. And literally, I played basketball in Germany and I was able to really explore and see that there's so much more than the city I grew up in. But sports also gave me the opportunity to connect. And so what I'm really excited about is the work that I do is connecting people, hearing people's stories, sharing it, and really helping them present themselves in a way that they're most confident. And so sports gave all of that to me. And now I'm able to give that to the clients and people that I work with. That's cool. So we got to take a a sudden left turn here because you're a basketball person. So at the time of this recording, this is September 28th, 2023. And yesterday, my brother sent me a text because we, you know, we, we jab with each other all the time that the Milwaukee Bucks had just traded for Dame Litter. I thought he was joking because, you know, I thought he was just messing with me, but it was true. And the reason I bring that up, because there oftentimes there's opportunities, right, that exist that we don't see until we look for them. So talk a little bit about how, how do you recognize opportunity, right? Because that's a skill to be able to recognize when something is for you and when it's not. How have you done that? I love that question because I believe there's opportunity literally everywhere, but it doesn't mean it's good for me. And so the first way to recognize if an opportunity is good for you is really knowing who you are, what you want and where you're going. And so if someone had an opportunity to go and play professional basketball at 41, that is not a good opportunity for me right now. (laughs) Like not at all. That is not 
anything that I want to do, nor would I do well at it. And so it's knowing who you are, what's important to you, and where you're going to be able to make the decisions about opportunities. Then it's also looking at your skill set and seeing what you're great at, and then being able to see if that opportunity that is presented aligns with something that actually works for you. Yeah, I I love that answer. How do you, because as much as I would like to say that adults get this right, you would not believe how many adults still don't really know who they are, what their skill set is, and what's right for them. So what are some of the ways, and for me, being coachable and having people in my life that could kind of identify those things and say, hey, Elsie, here's how you show up, (laughs) right? Regardless of how I think I show up. So talk about that a little bit. How do you, how do we start to to really get honest with ourselves, everything from our skill sets to how we show up? I can talk about it from what I've done. Everyone's process is a little different. My process is that I've made a bunch of mistakes. And when I look at these mistakes and I say, okay, why do I keep having doing the same mistake? There must be something that I don't know. It could have been with like client retention. It could have been with who's in my circle, you know, those types of things, but they're going to impede long-term progress. And so one, it's looking at what are the things that I'm getting wrong? Because those are key, key indicators of what we can do, right? We all have these blind spots. And so getting clear about your blind spots and other people in our life can help us do that. And then it's really about like, what is the, if I were to think about the absolute best version of who I am, what would she do in this scenario? And then you end up having this, some people would say the Holy Spirit, or you get this conviction in your decision-making because who you see yourself to be and what you know you can become isn't in alignment with your decision-making. And you're able to make better decisions as you go toward that highest vision and version of yourself. Yeah, I love that. I would absolutely 100,000% agree that it is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Without the Holy Spirit, I I don't know where I would be. So growing up in St. Louis, what about your childhood sort of shaped who you are today? Two things. The first thing that shaped who I am was my family. My family's incredible. Mom, dad have been together 40 years. I have older brothers who I grew up in the house with, but I have um, additional brothers and sisters, but I'm the baby of everybody. And I've always felt loved and affirmed. So that is the first thing. I grew up in love and, and being affirmed, which allows me to then give that to everyone that I encounter. The second part, I mean, it's basketball. I started playing at 12 accidentally. And I told you I'm six foot one, but I didn't go out looking for a select team to play on so that I can go on the circuit. No, I was walking out a blockbuster video one day and there was this guy who saw me and I'm six one, but of course I have a 12 year old face. And he asked if I played, I said, yes, he invited me to the team. I had no idea it was select, no idea that it was a team where these girls have been playing since they were five and six. And so basketball gave me an opportunity to not only feel comfortable and in myself as I was developing as a young woman, but it also allowed me to travel. My family only went two places when I was growing up before I started playing sports. That was Memphis, Tennessee and Mom Bayou, Mississippi, because we have family there. And it wasn't until we started playing basketball that we went to other places. And that changed everything for me. 
Got it. My kids always tease me that I find the life lesson in everything, but it really is amazing to see how the lessons you learn in, in, in sport translate to life and business, right? Everything from understanding your unique skill set, what you bring to the team, understanding teamwork, understanding that, all right, my role on this team is every team is different. You might be on a team where your role is to score or your role is to facilitate or your role is to rebound. And that's the only mission. So it's, it's really cool to, to see uh, how sport really impacts life uh, because it teaches us those lessons. So you mentioned you guys would go to Memphis, Tennessee. So you'll know this reference, this I-57. Does that ring a bell for you? So that goes right through my hometown. I'm originally from Mounds, Illinois, which is right by Carroll, Illinois. And if you've gone to Memphis, you've gone through Carroll probably more than a dozen times. Yes, yes, I definitely have. <laughs> we went to Memphis so much. So speak to focus and intention, uh, right? Because I find that uh, even as a relatively experienced entrepreneur, that I struggle with focus and intention because there's always something like that I want to do or that looks interesting. So how do you um, approach focus and intention in, in your life and in your business? Elsie, I struggled with that too for a long time because one, I love connecting with people and, and also to your point, we live in a world where there are so many options. There's this thing you can do online and that thing, and everyone has an investment that you can make. So what I started doing was paying attention to the people who were successful long-term, right? The people who had been in the business 20, 30 years. And I started asking myself, okay, if I want to do something that is sustainable, well, what are the industries that will always be there? So let's Let's remove what do I want to do and what am I good at and go to, okay, what are the industries that will always be there? Technology may shift how they look, but that industry is going to stay. And what do I enjoy? I enjoy connecting people. I enjoy coaching people. I enjoy speaking. All right. So PR makes sense to stay there. And I'd already done a little, but I hadn't committed to it like in the way that I have now. So that makes sense. So I encourage people to think about what's sustainable and what industries will be there. And then you can find your niche in that based on your skill set and based on your unique interest. Yeah, I, I totally agree. There's this D word that I think comes into play, right? Discipline. Focus, intention, and discipline over an extended period of time, right? Leads to success. I've found that when I, before I started the business that I run now, I would do all these different things. I, I mean, Angela, literally, I've had a, a minor league basketball team. I've done music production. I like, I've done a lot of things. And it wasn't until I focused on the one thing, right? And for a period of time that I was able to quit my job and do it full time because I was just hopping from thing to thing and never got good enough for somebody to pay me for it. So that's definitely a great point. So let's talk about your business a little bit. So we are talking about focus and intention. So you're focused and your intention is to help people through, you know, getting them on podcasts. Talk a little bit about how that came about and why did you choose podcast guesting for that expression? Because you could have chose a lot of different routes, but you didn't. I could have. I could have. Thank you. Thank you for the intro about that. So my background, of course, is basketball. And after I finished playing, I published multiple books for young women. My degrees are in communication, bachelor's and master's. And I published books for young women to help inspire their lives. And so I did all of the media outreach myself. 
I pitched a podcast, had tons of interviews. I pitched to TV, newspapers, magazines, everything in my local area so that I could help promote the book and get the word out there. At the same time as that was happening, a really good friend of mine bought a software company and he had access. He had bought a software company and the company had access to podcast hosts. And he said, we will just try the software. It's in beta mode. Try it. And just like, let me know what you think about the software. Give me feedback. And so I was like, oh, great. I can pitch myself. So I pitched myself and had different interviews, speaking engagements, all of those things. We'll give him feedback about it. So fast forward to 2021. And he says, I moved to Medellin, Colombia. So I'll give you the backstory on that later. But I moved to Medellin, Colombia. The world shut down during the pandemic. I moved to Colombia. And he says, like, I know you really want to stay here. Why don't you just ask people if they want to get booked on podcasts? And the software is a, a lot better now. You can like use the software and, and just help people get booked on podcasts. And so I reached out to people and said, you know, I'm thinking about starting this PR agency specifically focused on podcasts with the rate that podcasts are growing. I think this could be a great opportunity for you. Is it okay if I help you for free? Initially, it was like, let me get you booked on a few. If you like my service, then we can discuss ongoing services. And some people said yes. And I was so nervous on those first few calls because I'd done it for myself, but not for others. And there have been so many amazing things that happened because of it. So I'm really grateful for the work that I do now. Yeah. So let's give him a shout out. I think I know who you're talking about, Mr. Ron Story with Yes, yes. Ron Story <laughs> Jr. Pitch DB. Pitch DB. Yeah, yeah. It's a small world. And that's one of the things that I love most about podcasting, like I said, I, I've done this show since 2016, so we're over seven years now, is you just meet so many fantastic people. And the world is so small just because everybody is is connected. And so it's really cool that you know Ryan and you guys are good friends and love Ryan. He's a really, really good guy, a great company, and just a fantastic um, connection. So that's really cool. So tell us more about your specific service. You Obviously, the high level is you help get people on podcasts, but talk a little bit about the focus again. So why podcasting specifically? So again, you could have been pitching people to news stations, TV, magazines, radio, but why did we choose podcasting? I chose podcasting because there are a lot of podcasts and the structure of podcasts is really long form content. And most podcast hosts actually want to build connections versus someone being hired by a TV station to do this five minute segment. So you can really deep dive and get to know people. I work only with people who are service based or they're like they work for a nonprofit and the organization has hired me to help share the mission of the organization. So in addition to my background of working with coaching and basketball, I work in tons of youth based programs and the nonprofit sector. So I have a heart for people that actually care about people. And so I felt like it was a great opportunity to help people that care about people share their message more and build connections that could ultimately turn into more than just an interview. So some of my clients have had joint ventures with hosts. There's someone who is a health and wellness coach and the host 
is a fitness expert. And so my client asked the host to come in and speak to her clients. And so there's been so much collaboration that just doesn't happen when you pitch for a magazine. And that doesn't happen, you know, often in a TV interview because it's very transactional and I'm all about connection and relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. So do you do a lot of guesting yourself? I do. I enjoy it. I love, I love this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to do more guesting. Obviously I'm a host, but it's amazing how the skill sets are so different from being on this side of the microphone and from being on the other side. So what are some of the ways that you help clients get to that place of comfort and confidence, right? Because part of it, a large part of it, and unfortunately for some, sometimes it's not about what it's about, the confidence, how you talk about what you do, that type of thing. Because I can tell you, there are people that I I know personally that don't know what they're doing, but they get business because they are confident and it at least looks like they know what they're doing. So talk about that uh, a little bit and, and how you work with clients to get them to that point. The first thing that I work with clients on is defining what stories they want to tell. And those stories are designed to help the listener. The whole point of the podcast is not just to talk about everything that you've done. It's really to help the audience in whatever your expertise is. So you don't have to fake it or make it up. Just talk about what you've done. That's part one is telling the stories that help explain who you are and what you've done in an effort to help others. The second part is practicing. Just practice those stories. Initially, you'll fumble through them, but as you practice them, then you'll eventually get better and you're able to better tell stories that have an impact. And then The third piece is to slow down and understand that the podcast interview is actually like a dance with the host. I was listening to a recent interview of a client and he just talked for five minutes straight, like did not break. He wanted to get it all out like as soon as the interview started. And so the feedback is no, tell your opening about who you are, have a break, let the host engage you. It's not a monologue. It's actually a conversation. Yeah, I love that. I'll tell you a quick, funny story. So one time I had a guest on my show and at the time I would open up with, so guests, tell me about yourself. Feel free to go all the way back to the beginning, to the day you were born, or you can start current day. And and then I would let them go. And he talked for 13 minutes. Yeah, 13 minutes straight. And I remember thinking, because I generally, you know, I'm taking notes, I'm listening, I'm, you know, certain things that I'm listening for. And I remember thinking, this is going to be a long interview. (laughs) So as a host, I had to shift the types of questions I was asking, because if I knew that if I asked one more open question, like literally that's the rest of the podcast. So I shifted my strategy a bit and started to ask more pointed, focused questions that didn't lend themselves to long, extremely long answers. But yeah, that's a number one don't. If you're watching this or, or listening to this and you are guesting on podcasts, don't talk for 13 minutes straight. It's not cool. It's okay. You'll have a chance. Like You'll have a chance to get it all out. Just exactly. Not at one time. So what are some other don'ts? So don't talk extremely long. And what are some other, I guess, two other don'ts? If you're guesting on podcasts, don't do this. 
don't be a guest on a podcast without the right equipment. I've heard podcasts where people don't have microphones. My microphone's right here and I wear headphones as well so that there isn't an echo. And you want to have clear, crisp audio. It doesn't matter how much you know if people can't hear it. It doesn't matter how much you want to help them if your audio is so bad that it's distracting. You can get a nice mic for a hundred bucks, right? So don't go on a podcast without good audio. And then I say, don't go on a podcast interview without being clear about how you want to help the listeners. Helping is the goal. Helping's always the goal. Yeah. One of the things as a host and, you know, I coach around this all the time. Why do you think it is that sometimes people will guest on podcasts, but then when the host sends them the assets to share it on social, they don't? Why do you think that is? What could that be? Sometimes people feel like there's been a, a gap in time. And the, the good shows, there is a gap. Like most interviews aren't going to be released the next day. And so the guests feel like sometimes that they've moved on from that moment. So they had their moment, but this isn't live TV, right? Like you actually need to engage with the show afterwards. So why people do it exactly, I'm not sure. Other than I will say this, some people don't have a marketing plan for how their guesting actually integrates into an overall strategy. So they're going on podcasts, which is wonderful, but they don't have a what happens next plan in place. Yeah, that's good stuff. So I'm speaking to you out there who are watching and listening who have podcasts. Part of it is you have to send them the information in ways that makes it easy for them to share. So I'll say that. And the, the other thing is setting that expectation, letting them know, hey, here's how far we are from when this might go live, that type of thing. So they can have that expectation. The, the other thing I would say on the, the guest side is just share. <laughs> It's perfectly fine to reach out after a little bit and say, hey, podcast host, do you have any idea when this might go live? That type of thing, because it, it really makes us happy when we post it on social, wherever it is, and you like, comment, and share, comment, and typically, it makes us want to ask you back. It makes us want to tell other hosts that, hey, you should have Angela on because she shared, she gave value. She didn't come on the show and pitch for, for 35 minutes. So definitely, and we could probably go on and on and on all day about some, some things that we, we see in the industry. But so spe specifically, is it ALA Public Relations? Am I pronouncing that correctly? ALA. ALA. What are some of the things that you're looking forward to in the next year or so uh, in the podcast space? Because it's growing like crazy, changing like crazy. There's consolidation. There's all kinds of cool things that are happening in the space. What are some things that you're um, excited about looking forward to? One of the things I'll start with um, my business, because that's what came top of mind, is partnerships. There are a lot of traditional PR agencies that haven't helped their clients connect and build meaningful relationships on the podcast side. And so I've been blessed to be able to partner with a few different agencies to help on that end. And so that's really exciting because they, they're already dynamic and doing great work in traditional media, but being able to build, I feel like podcasts for the majority of podcasts is very grassroots because it's people who are, you know, entrepreneurs or business owners, or they have their own thing and they they just want to connect with people. So it really aligns. So I'm excited about that in terms of the podcast space. It's incredible to see the growth of podcasts. And I think we'll see more and more sponsorships 
and, and brands recognize that you can actually reach people through podcasting, through the podcast platforms. Yeah, I think that that it's interesting to see podcasting start to get the respect that it deserves. I feel like, my, and my observation is that in years past, it was kind of like, oh, that's just podcasting and oh, we could do that, right? But really working in the podcast space is a different and unique skill set. Even the outreach is not the same as traditional media. So I think that that's what I hear you saying is that really we talked earlier about intention and focus. Podcasting as a as a platform, as a genre, as an industry, I believe is starting to mature and is starting to get more respect as a discipline, right? As a as a thing that you have to know what you're doing in order to succeed at it. And I think more and more brands are understanding and realizing that, which is cool for for brands like you and I, who we've decided to put our flag in the in the ground and say, no, I'm a we're focused on, on on podcasting. I think in terms of the industry, it's cool that we're seeing the consolidation happen, which is just a sign or in a, in an indication of maturity. But we're also seeing a lot more service providers who are strategically positioning themselves in the market as podcast companies. And so it's really cool to see the industry really start to take shape and take off. What are you looking forward to in terms of the growth in terms of strategies, tools, and things that that podcasters are using? Well, I think we can't we can't not talk about AI and the impact of AI and and the way that you can utilize voice or even how quickly you can actually cut up film, you know, from just downloading and uploading it so you can you can market podcasts much quicker now than before. I think there's also, you know, even from the technical side, from the equipment side, there's opportunities now to really professionalize podcasting in a way that we didn't always see. You know, you think about how YouTube evolved. The first videos on YouTube were what they were, but now the expectation is much higher for qual- in terms of quality given the technology that allows for it. So do you think that video podcasts will continue to grow or or I guess what's your take uh, on video podcasts versus audio podcasts? I I happen to be from the the old school where technically a video is a video. (laughs) A podcast (laughs) is technically on-demand audio. So what's your take? Is is video here to stay? Are people, are you seeing clients doing more audio podcasts? Where are you on that that, that trajectory? Video is here to stay. Video is here to stay 100% because YouTube is the second largest search engine. You know, so if people can search on YouTube and honestly, I have, I created another service. This is how powerful video is. I love podcasts. My clients don't always know what clips they're going to receive from the host. They just don't know what's coming out of it. And so one of my clients said, well, I really just want to teach. I said, well, okay, well, how about I just interview you and then I clip, make the clips for you. So one, you can control the content, but then two, you can also have your podcast that come out. So it's, it's a beautiful, it works together beautifully. So people want video content is my point. And they're going to want video content. And the more that they can get that from podcasts, I think will be super helpful in sharing their message. Are you finding that the folks who prefer video are a different audience or different with different expectations than the audio only folks? Or are you finding that those are one and the same? 
Oh, I see. I hear what you're saying. And I need to make a distinction. I thought you meant video. When I think video, I think video and audio. So I never think of video without audio. So what you're saying is video only versus audio only. Right. So a video only podcast versus a, an audio only podcast, right? Because some people do both. Like I do both. I came into kicking and string, screaming, but now we do both. I would say we're an audio first show, but we do have video. Some shows are video first, but they have audio. And so I'm curious to see, to know if you found a difference in that audience preference. Like is the, is the audience of people who prefer that video first approach, are those the same people as the people who prefer the audio first approach? Mm, that's a good question. I always lean toward people just want options. They want, if they want to see it, they want the option to see it. If they're, you know, going for a run, they can't watch it. They'll listen to it on the video. So I can't say for sure the difference in the audiences, but I know people want what they want in multiple formats. Yeah. I, I've, some of the research that I've read is People who are preferring video tend to skew, skew younger. They tend to be new to the podcast space the last two or three years. And I don't know the percentage, but there's a large percentage of people who prefer YouTube, but they listen to the video <laughs> instead of watch it. Ironically, right? So, but to your point, YouTube is the second largest search engine. So it would be crazy not to, to leverage that. What else can we talk about that's interesting that would, would be insightful for the audience? So for people who are interested in speaking, right, because podcast being podcast guesting is aligned with they're usually people who want to speak and share their message. It's a great opportunity to practice and have clarity around what you're saying. And then if people are pitching for speaking engagements, you can send them back to your interview so they can feel like they they actually know you and they can get to understand your philosophies prior to actually deciding whether or not to hire you. So not only is it an opportunity to connect with guests, it's an opportunity to also practice because practice is important. And despite how much some don't often like to practice, you, you have to practice. I love that. So talk a little bit about two, two final things I wanted to talk about is, and when you frame it, I love that you bring in speaking because the way I think about it is when you're on a podcast, you're essentially doing a speaking engagement, whether that podcast has 150 listeners or 150,000 listeners. You're, I mean, it's a speaking engagement. So I always like to, to help people frame it that way, especially because I've had guests apply and say, well, how many listeners do you have? And I never, never tell them because as a host, I feel like I'm doing you a service on promoting your message. So whether I have 1,500 or 15,000, this is a fair exchange. So so that's one thing. The other thing that I would offer the, the listeners or viewers is, and again, going back to the focus and intention, as a busy business owner, entrepreneur, you don't want to use your time <laughs> you know, researching guests and doing outreach and because it's, it's not a smooth, easy process like this emails and it's back and forth and there's details and it's, are they the right fit for your show? And so you should probably hire somebody else, not us. We don't do that, but that is good at that. And that can really save you time, money, and frustration to get on the right show so that you can get your message in front of the right people. So I guess what I'm saying, folks who are listening and watching is go to ALA publication or public relations and hire them because they can take all Thank that. You. Yes. Your plate. 
It is a lot of work. Can I mention that? It is a lot of work researching and finding the right show and listening and making sure that it's... And sometimes people don't respond. And sometimes they actually say no. Like we get no sometimes. And that's part of the deal. So we we have the mindset that our people's, their messages are worth sharing. They actually care about people and they're going to really appreciate the connection. And so we're always grateful when hosts say yes. I'm very grateful that you invited me on today because you didn't have to. And to your point, it's your show. Like, it's not mine. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So final thought, can you share with us some of the things you look for when you're placing clients on shows? Like, are you looking at the show's branding? Are you looking at their social followings? What are some of the things that you consider as a, a middleman, if you will, or connector from your clients to podcast so- shows? There are three things that I look for. The first is the background of the host. Like, Who is this host? And is there a possibility that the host and whichever client that I'm connecting with could have collaboration beyond the show? The second thing is the professionalism of the show. How does the audio sound? What is their branding look like? You know, is depending on who the client is and, and where they are and their goals, does it make sense? for us to connect them with that. And then the third thing we look at is, well, who are some of the past guests that were on the show? And are these past guests in alignment in terms of their story and background with our client? So does it make sense for, for them to be a part of this club, for lack of a better word, or part of this community? Those are the big three. So what do you think about the social following? Does it matter if they have a large social following or not? Are you looking for engagement? What are you looking for there? That's part of the the second piece, the background. But honestly, it's our client's responsibility to market their own business. You know, it's not the host's responsibility to market our clients because we didn't hire the podcast as a marketing company. So I think sometimes people get it wrong. Like you said, when people say, well, how many followers, I mean, how many listeners you have? Well, their listenership isn't, if you look, if you have a story to share, if you want to help people, it doesn't matter if you're helping one or 10,000, you're going to go and share to help that person. So I'm not big on trying to make sure that this show is going to blow up my client. It's like, no, you can take that podcast and you can run ads to it. If it's on YouTube, you can take that podcast and share that with your email list. Like that's your responsibility to market the exposure. It's not the podcast. This isn't paid advertising. This is earned media where you're built a connection and someone invited you to be on their platform. Very different than paid advertising. Well, that's going to be a clip from this episode. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I say it all the time, but it's sort of like when you say something to your kids over and over and over, and then somebody else says the exact Mm -hmm. same thing and they're like, oh, oh, now you get it. So I'm definitely going to take that clip and spread it all over the internet because you're a thousand percent correct. So cool. I have enjoyed our conversation. If people want to reach out to you, learn more about ALA and maybe find some basketball clips, how can they do that? Well, you can do that on Instagram. I'm Angela Lewis underscore PR on Instagram. Really easy to find. And then alapublicrelations.com. Either place on Instagram, should be a DM. On the website, you can fill out the contact form and we'll set up a call and connect. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. 
If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.